You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, On tonight's episode of Hey Mitch, I am welcoming guest Bitsy Tandem, who has a really cool Kickstarter on uh, going right now for her book manga book anime i don't know what's the best way to describe it maiden in disguise yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to describe um you can call it a comic or you can call it a manga which is just a comic book with a japanese style um in japan i've heard it both ways oh really <laughs> but yeah yeah they don't really have that distinction that we have in america We're like this is manga and this is comic they're just like oh you make stuff great <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I do want to say at this at this moment that um, this is probably the furthest interview that I've done so far because you're all the way in Japan as 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 we talk, correct? Yes, all the way across the ocean. I live in Miyazaki Ken, which is prefecture. So Miyazaki Prefecture is like the surfing prefecture, and they're all chill and laid back. And supposedly it's the sunny one, but you know. It's usually cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and if I can ask, how long have you you been over there? Almost two years now. So we came over via the JET program, which is an English teaching exchange. So my husband teaches English at the local high school, and I draw all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it it goes into uh, what you're what you're making here. So what 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 is it? How would you describe Maiden in Disguise? So it is a gamer-based comic, I guess. I, I normally just say comic because people get that it's a book. Um, yeah, it a, follows a gamer girl. So it's a sci-fi romance, fantasy uh, twist. It's kind of like an intelligent take on like a typical anime slice of life. You're taking that and twisting it into a little bit like more layers, a little more meat. So it follows two characters. You have the main character, Eliana, and her in-game character, Elrond Agrenar. It follows her life in the real world, which is a fake world called Eotera, <laughs> and her video game character in his universe. So they're two separate stories, and they're both completely like their own stories because it's high role play and she like is this character. So it's like his life and her life. And it kind of goes back and forth in between those two and a lot of layers. And it's kind of really hard to explain. <laughs> I mean, looking over the Kickstarter and looking over the, uh, the free chapters that you had on there and the, the art and stuff like that, which you are both the writer and the artist. Uh, it is very interesting and 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 looks like quite the tale to tell. Uh, you you have the two characters, even though one is an avatar for the other, 
uh, as two separate mm-hmm. characters. Yes. Yeah, and um, character Ellen Agrenar is like this really popular video game character that she does live streams and she doesn't show her face. They're all full role play, like she is this character, and people love it. They eat it up. She's known around the world, and um, she's kind of trying to find who she is in the midst midst, midst <laughs> of all of this <laughs> uh, fame and craziness going on, as well as video game character kind of has to overcome his internal turmoil to step up to the level that he needs to. And like, how do I explain this? So I have this thing in video game world where there are lore characters. So there's 10 or eight, eight lore characters. And um, actually directly influence the story of the video game and they were given to the top eight beta testers so she has one of those so she has to as her character step up to the plate and accomplish things that other people don't have to do and guide the story it's a lot of responsibility for a 14 year old girl Mm -hmm. who is just shy and awkward on the inside so it's like she, she is two people and one person at the same time, and it's a struggle, I guess, but it's a fun story to tell for sure. That's awesome. So was there other influences that, you know, helped you create this world and these characters, or uh, was there, I mean, was there anything else that you uh, wanted to put spotlight on? Is there anything that that basically makes it, uh, that someone else that would, had, would, would be getting into this world be like, oh, this is similar to this? It's hard to say it's similar to anything because it's kind of really just, I've never seen anything like it before, which I suppose everybody's like, mine's original. But, but it's more just like, it's not just one, it's two series. So you could say it's like a little bit of um, School Rumble, which is my favorite anime. But it's also, you know, Dimension W or like Sword Art Online. Except not. <laughs> so it's not any, there's not like any one specific story influence other than like my life and my personal experience in high school. Being a gamer girl and getting a lot of like harassment. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's understandable. It's uh it's not it's not a friendly <laughs> environment sometimes and, and and the fact that you used it to you know create something is 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 a positive so that's pretty awesome. Um what is it that you would love for people to take away from this book? So the goal at the end of the day is to show people overcoming struggles like Avatar the Last Airbender in a very uplifting manner. So that you leave feeling empowered, you know, excited, uplifted, inspired. Because um, every every episode of like Avatar you watch, there's heavy themes. They go over a lot of real stuff, and then it's like, wow, I think I learned something about myself along this journey too. So we're kind of trying to inspire kindness and self growth and self worth, even if you're you know shy and awkward and don't feel like you can put a lot into the world unless you're a five foot, five foot, eight foot tall dragon man. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't your first uh, 
project though, is it? So yes and no. Okay. It Maiden in Disguise was my first project I ever created, like actually into the real world. But we're actually remaking it completely. So <laughs> I have the original books. <laughs> They're bad. So I made this. <laughs> Look at that art. Ooh. <laughs> it's nothing like the new book. So took this concept that I made when I was just starting out. I was, didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I just need to make something. And I know this. And I had the world of Eotera in my head. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a story on Eotera, but not my important baby that I'm saving for when my drawing is really good. And we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so five years later, I'm like, the story really deserves, you know, current skill set and telling in a way that can do justice because this is not doing it justice (laughs) can you see that it's bad i showed you the worst page (laughs) i hate hate it so much it's awful i made it in like 2013 in a while hey, so i mean if, if that's the way you feel about it at least it shows that you you've grown and, and you like your the way things look now so that's that's the important part mm-hmm. now since that is a project that you were there that's it's a subject that you're redoing and recreating in the world how, how have you found that process like how has it been to essentially dissect the world that you already created and, and retool it it's been wonderful Okay. I, I honestly think it's been incredibly freeing and just it feels really good. Like I had this concept and this story that was okay and people liked it and there was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't what I felt like it like it wasn't what I saw in my brain. Like I have this cinematic imagination. I'm like, it's just not anything like what I'd like to see. So dissected everything last year we ripped it all apart we put it back together in a way that will build the continuity and the understanding of the characters right from the get-go so we don't confuse people this time (laughs) and tell it in a much better way with obviously 10 times better art (laughs) and it's just been amazing to see it come to life and i'm like wow this is what i always saw in my head and i can't believe it's real now and you can you can see it and read it and hopefully soon touch it and feel it and uh, it's just been incredibly fulfilling seeing it come to life in a whole new light. So the first book came out in 2013. Uh, how long have you been living with these characters? Uh, so I started it in. Ooh, I have to count. It's 2012, 2000, probably. Um, I think third, 2013 was the first year that I started it. I was publishing like page by page. So by the time, oops. <laughs> so um, let me say that. So I think I started in 2013 actually putting it out into the world. So it would have been 2000. 12 math um when i started creating the concepts and the characters that's what 10 years wow holy cheese and crackers (laughs) 
It doesn't feel like it's been that long. I tell you, I was 19 yesterday, and this was all on a piece of scratch paper I made after GoDaikoCon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's insane. Because I did. I came up with all of this after boothing at GoDaikoCon when I was just learning how to draw and illustrate, and I was just selling my little drawings, like, I'll draw you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, I should make a comic. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is the biggest difference between the characters then and the characters now? Like, what what have you changed? What have you gotten rid of? There definitely has been a lot of change in the side characters. So the main character, like I said, she's a lot like who I was when I was like 13. Um, tomboyish, very shy, very awkward, wallflower. So she's pretty much been the same from the get-go but the side characters originally it was a gag manga so they weren't anything there was no substance in the side characters and they've become beautiful people that i love now Mm -hmm. so there's she joins the av club and there's a cast in there and originally i'm like there's the leader who's just some obnoxious guy with big glasses. There's like this brooding guy in the corner and there's the really happy one who she has a crush on. Right. Right. Easy. And now it's like, okay, we've got layers to Billiam, who is the guy with the big glasses and why he's obnoxious. You know, he's not just obnoxious for no reason. People typically have tragic backstories for that. (laughs) And then there's like the brooding guy in the corner. He's got, his own full story arc now that's going to go kind of intertwined with the cyborg character. And um, then Fluffy Happy Boy is still pretty much fluffy and happy, but he's <laughs> going to have some character growth. <laughs> and it's just seeing like these characters who has like, that one's just a trash character. I don't know. It's like random, random. And it's like, no, let me put some time and effort into these people and make them people. That's been really cool to see. Oh, wow that makes sense and i can see how they would why they would be in the ap club and why they would interact with the main character like this it's just a lot a lot better (laughs) so the people that who had read the book the first time around like how are they taking to uh the the redux version of these characters so far everybody's liking it i had a very long hiatus so I would say my readership went down to like 10 people, which is, I mean, there's more than 10, but 10 of them talk to me on a regular basis and they love it. They're like, I'm so glad, you know, I like seeing Ellie's aggression in real life now. Like she's got that like internal, like Elrond Agrenar aggression in her. And she's like, they're like, we never got to see that in the last one. And now we can see how she's like bubbles out of her at moments. And um, there's like, story continuity is a lot better so people are like oh i see what you were trying to do there and now it makes a lot more sense because mm-hmm. you explained it better from the beginning it wasn't just like oh guys also they're on a different planet i didn't tell you that but they are <laughs> <laughs> so so it's been really good and it does follow the same flow so the first couple books will be following the original web comic and uh, so you'll get to be like, oh, that's that moment, that moment that I read like years ago where she like first got introduced and elaborated upon and brought to life in a much more full manner. And it's just 
really cool. So they've it's it's been fun being like, oh, I remember that panel specifically, <laughs> but it's got so much more context around it now. <laughs> People have been liking it. Good. So as you've grown as a person and, and gotten older, have you seen that yourself changing up your characters in the same way? Kind of. I definitely. Definitely, we well originally it was just supposed to be a gamer girl who gets a lot of hate for being a girl, so she just kind of accepts that she looks like a boy, you know, and just is like I'm, a, I'm just like one of the guys, and so that concept has totally changed because the world has changed and you know people change. And being a girl gamer isn't that controversial anymore, <laughs> thank goodness. Um, I mean, it's still you get some flack here and there, but for the most part, people are learning to accept it. <laughs> Yeah. So that's changed a lot. So it's not really a fight the power, fight the man comic anymore. It's more of a coming of age and a finding oneself kind of story. So I, I would say that changed more than the individual characters. It's definitely, you can definitely see the maturity level, like, woo, go right up. <laughs> <laughs> now you said you went to school for art? Oh, no. You're just learning to draw. So, well, in high school, I started art classes, and I was totally terrible at it. I was not that talented kid. I sat next to the talented kid, though. (laughs) He was awesome. He's a tattoo artist now. Just blows my mind every time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here making my, like, derpy anime characters. Like, I made a story about this one. You want to know what it is? Hey, you're making it work for you, so that's that's fine. So then, after the art classes, are you completely self-taught in in, in drawing and in graphic design? Yeah, yeah, completely. So I mean, YouTube has helped. Back when I was learning, all we had was draw with Jazza. That was like it, <laughs> and so I tried my best to learn anatomy and get anatomy books and. Uh, figure it out on my own and it was really hard and last year when we were rewriting the story I was like okay I'm gonna take some time and buy some like higher-end classes so I did get a couple like not professional grade but I like some of my favorite artists have like tutorials so I went through and like did another like slam of knowledge and that's what really leveled it up this last year because I had that foundation that I built over since 2019, I've been trying to learn how to draw. It's been a struggle every step of the way. And then, like, last year, I got a couple tutorials from my favorite artists, and it just made sense now. I was like, mm. oh, that's what they're saying. I get it now. Let me replicate that in my own unique way. And it's just been, like, a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, thank you, art gods. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I can draw well. It only took uh, 20 years, 10 years, 10 years. So, what, what about on the writing side of it? Did you take classes for that or was that all self-taught as well? Uh, all self-taught as well. A little less teaching in that one. That's like, that's more of my natural talent, I guess. Okay. It's like the stories. It's just, just bubble out of me they're all in there um my imagination is vast and crazy and you don't want to go in <laughs> so, um 
that I, I'm dyslexic, so writing it was always a struggle. And like I said, in high school, I would draw a character and make a story about it. And I try to actually write the story by hand in my notebook. And I, I go back three years later and I'm like, I can't read this <laughs> at all. It's just bad words are not my strong suit. But kind of write now like a screenplay. So I've been taking like classes online more for like screenplay writing and learning how to just express myself with as little words possible, but get the point across so that I can continue with the actual dialogue. So that's been really helpful. Like finding your personal style of writing, whether it be more of the novelist descriptive or more of like the screenplay is kind of like you have descriptive, but it's also got mostly the dialogue and the movement happening which I find really thrive there. I just kind of thrive right there. And then there's more of the script writing for comic book authors, writing for artists, mm -hmm. which is more like panel one, line one, like this panel, this panel, 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 panel. I can't really get into the panelage bit. I don't know why. I just, my panel's random. I'm like, I kind of see it like that panel. Yeah. <laughs> then my assistant, a.k.a. my husband, will come and be like, that's stupid. You don't need that panel. Get rid of it. You can do it all on that panel. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Good idea. Less things to draw. <laughs> <laughs> Less things to draw, always good. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So what, what have you found to be the biggest struggle in putting together a whole book? Mm, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> drawing it, it people always tell me like wow you get to draw every day and I'm like no 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 I have to draw every day every single day nine like nine o'clock to like 10 p.m I'm drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and it's insane and it is killing my body honestly good gosh <laughs> and, yeah but it's like it's the only way I can tell my stories because I don't have a budget for a movie and I can't do the novel thing. So I have to, I have to tell them it's like in me. I don't know that like weird ambitions, like I got to do it. I have to do it. So I have to draw every single day and it's monotonous and it's hard and it kills sometimes. And it can be like you post one thing and people are like, that art sucks. And it's just like, really, it's a struggle just do that every single day and not let yourself stop even when you're discouraged or sad that's fair i mean yeah don't let people discourage you is definitely a good message to take out of that uh now you you talk about not having the budget for a movie but uh is that the hope for made in disguise to eventually be a movie or tv show there's definitely hope for that or like an anime would be awesome um <laughs> So most people, comics is like their thing and that's their goal. My goal is not comics. Comics right now is just a means to an end to tell my stories in an enjoyable manner. For me, I want to create so much more. So I want to have, you know, the blockbuster movies. I want to have the animations. I want to have uh, video games is kind of the biggest one. So we're trying to lay the groundwork for a AAA entertainment company. 
that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And if you don't aim for it, you won't get there. So who knows if we'll make it in my lifetime or not. But Eoterra Entertainment is going to try its best. <laughs> Gambatene. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you ever have in mind someone uh, to play the characters that you're creating? Mm. Yes. So kind of. I, I wouldn't do like live action. I don't know why live action just freaks me out. Honestly, it just like, <laughs> I'm like oh, it's ugly. I don't like real people. <laughs> they look weird. <laughs> Give me the animations. <laughs> but um, I've kind of been talking about it for a while. Like who would be better as like. Papa Rayonix and who would do better is like Elrond. Would it be Vin Diesel or The Rock? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, last night we were talking about it again and we were like, okay, so Elrond Agrenar is main character's video game character. He would be played by The Rock because he has that more of that like charm and he can do more of a playboy. So it's like definitely The Rock. And then his father, which is a big pivotal person in the video game itself because or character fathers the lore mm-hmm. <laughs> so papa rayonix would be played by vin diesel because he's got that like gravelly <laughs> which is just silly I love but it. he's a yeah we've got half dragon then the dragon blood or like the sons of the half dragon or daughters you know there's a lot so yeah it's uh, the lore there's so much <laughs> like i could sit here all day and tell you about the video game and it will eventually be a video game if all goes right but good first books second books in japanese <laughs> or time simultaneous books and books in japanese yes the goals <laughs> a tabletop game who knows what will happen after that <laughs> i mean the, the sky's the limit i love it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what has the, the Kickstarter process been like for you? Um, I kind of love it and hate it. So preparing a Kickstarter page is a great way to light a fire under your butt. I was taking two months to do this last chapter and then I got it done in three weeks, less than that maybe, because I was like, Oh, Kickstarter is coming. Gotta finish it. And so, but it's also a great way to burn yourself out. (laughs) So I kind of like putting together the pages and the rewards and being like, oh, these are some fun things. I don't know if anybody will want them, but I made a lamp. Okay. I found a person who will drop ship lamps for me and I made a lamp. (laughs) And I'm like, if y'all want a lamp, I've got a premium tier and we have a lamp and maybe it'll attract them off and we'll have fantastic memes. (laughs) That is awesome. So I like, I love that part. It's really fun and you get to be kind of creative with it and be like, you make an event out of it. It's like, this is a fun thing that we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's like going to the comic book shop on a big launch day and doing like, like, Ooh, today only we get like these cool little things. And it's a lot of fun, but then there's like, you have to tell people about it. That's the worst part. It's like, can I just make this stuff and not tell anybody, please? And it's like, no, no, you have to actually tell people or no one will know you're doing anything. And I'm like, shoot, <laughs> let me go to my TikTok and my Twitter and my Instagram and Facebook and be like, guys, every day, every day, 
guys, I'm making a Kickstarter. And then like every day, like one new person will see it. But like eight people is like, I know you said that like eight times already. I'm like, I'm sorry. I hate this too. But I got to keep telling people because that one person that sees it every day that's like new is like, oh, I had no idea. No idea. And now I'm excited. So and then the worst part. And then uh, one of your people tells someone else and you get in touch with the podcast network and it works out. Networking helps, right? Right, right. It does help. I don't mind like the person to person too much. Like, like I like doing podcasts because it's so much more personal. It's like, oh, okay, my friend and like we're, we can be friendly and make more friends and friends and friends. And <laughs> But then it's like the posting on the social media is like, what do I say? Do I need hashtags? Is this necessary? And I have a really big TikTok account for some random reason. <laughs> I, I drew some really hot girls last year and people really seemed to like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like trying to do it on there. And like every time I do like a marketing one, it flops. So I'm like, I'm like, come support my Kickstarter. No one sees it. Dang it. Need to draw more Hot ladies. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Hot ladies do well on the internet. Can't believe it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I try and make sure I do hot men, too. I, I'm an equal opportunity. <laughs> there you go. Draw all the hotness yes. in both uh, all the genders. Um, exactly. So, you know, w- what is the benefits between doing a Kickstarter and doing, say, traditional publishing? Uh, definitely the control aspect. So I've seen a lot of people who can make good money doing traditional publishing and, um, and you know, it's great for them. That's what they want. They want to have a book published. I don't want to have a book published. I want to build an empire. <laughs> so, so I want, you know, I want to be able to make sure that I have complete creative control and nobody can like be like, Oh, we need you to end the series in three, three books. Cause that happened to my favorite manga author tight kubo he's the author of bleach and um yeah the people in charge shonen jump were just like we're done with you in the series we you will we'll give you like three former books and that's it so he had to rush the entire ending he's a very slow paced i don't know if you've ever read the bleach manga but they're very slow paced and then all of a sudden it's like bam crazy it sucks it sucks felt so bad for him and and now he's doing another series and it's like and you even trust your publisher to not you know do that to you again and like are you going to invest the same amount of time and effort into something after they've screwed you over like that yeah that'd be i uh, don't want yeah make make anybody gun shy um but on yours uh which you just went live uh as of this coming out you will have gone live um you've set a goal of 3500 so how did you come to that more than i would like okay but um that's mostly the pricing for uh fulfilling rewards and the translation so i went i found a company in tokyo uh, who does translations and I talked to them already and they said they will do my book. Um, but the price is per hundred words, or something like that. So, I mean, it's not like not gouging me, thankfully, but most of that money will, will go to the translator. <laughs> and then I'll, 
then I have to publish two books now. So I have to do the English one and the Japanese one. Both need their own setup fees, their own publishing costs, um, their own international ISBN, because you can't do anything without that. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, then the rewards. So, you know, I want to make sure people get their stickers and their posters and their hoodies and physical books and stuff. So at the end of the day, Maybe I'll come home with like a hundred dollars, but yeah, it was funny. I was I had it at two thousand. I priced it out, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not gonna work. <laughs> Good thing I did my math again. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask this in my complete ignorance, and I'm sure. Well, at least I hope there's someone else out there that that doesn't understand the process, but. Why is so? What is it that the company that's going to translate it into Japanese is going to do for you? Why isn't it something that you can just like highlight everything that you writ, wrote and just hit some button on Google or or Word and change it to Japanese? That is a good question. Living in Japan really opened my eyes to that because I used to think, you know, you just throw it in Google Translate and it it knows what it's doing. It does not know what it's doing. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. It's gotten a lot better. Like small, like. One sentence, couple words. It's pretty good on the word-to-word level. But, um, yeah, as soon as you start trying to get eloquent, it's out the window. It has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, living here, it's like you'll show someone something on Google Translate, and they're like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what did I just say to them? <laughs> <laughs> it, Google Translate doesn't quite get the context, huh? No, no, no. So that's the hardest part is like they want me to send them my manuscript, but I feel like if they don't see the images, they're not going to get the, they're not going to translate it right. Because um, they mostly do legal documents as most translators do. So I'm like, you know, they're, they're ready and willing to work with me. They have a really good team. I'm like, let me just send you the PDF so you can see the pictures please <laughs> like look at the pictures I beg of you <laughs> because there is a lot that doesn't translate half of it's because J- Japanese is backwards so their sentence structure is completely opposite of ours instead of saying like what's that's a bad example I can't think of a good example so you would say like my name is blank and they would say like me and then like name and then like word but like that one's not too bad that one's not too bad but when when it comes to like full sentences you'll have your subject then you'll have why and then you'll have context it's very much a lot of it's implied too so it's like i think they're talking about themselves they didn't say and usually when you don't say it means you then i heard something about the newspaper so we're going that way. And I think she said it was good. And then she's like, oh, and it was last Saturday. Okay. <laughs> so it's just like totally backwards. Yeah. That makes Crazy. complete sense. That makes sense. I mean, uh, I recently watched um, Alice in Borderland on Netflix. And I happened to have the subtitles on and had the dubbing on. So it was interesting because 
what they were saying and what was being typed across. I was like, those are two, two completely different things. So uh, yes. I could definitely see what you're saying there. Um, I saw that on, on the Kickstarter page that you, um, uh, you sent me that it will be in traditional left to right for American readers. But as you're going to translate it to Japanese, are you going to have that particular version of the book go the other direction? Um, I'm not going to just because I've seen plenty of books here that don't go their typical direction. Like it's not the most popular thing out there, but they are around. So it's not like the end of the world and to spend time taking each panel and reformatting it because I can't just flip it because then everybody's backwards. (laughs) 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 So the, the amount of time it would take to reformat is not quite worth it seeing as they themselves don't like they are have been introduced to this format. It's not going to be too insane to be like, Oh, okay. We're just going the other way right now. You know, they, they go both ways. It sometimes in the same context, you'll have something going down. You'll have something going this way. You'll have something going that way. And you're like, I can't read this. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not going to be a culture shock to them. Essentially is what you're saying. As opposed to mm-hmm. here, uh, people who don't know about manga will and will look at the book and be like, "Why is this completely backwards over here in the states?" Right. Yeah, I do kind of want to add, like, I don't know if this manga has it, but um, probably not because it's in Japanese. But usually, when you open up a manga in the back, there's like, "Stop, read it the other direction." And I kind of <laughs> just want to put that in the Japanese version because I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> They'd be like, "Chotomate." <laughs> Please read the other direction. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think you should do that. Uh, okay, so you've said it a couple times now. Um, your your main character is a, a, a very much based off of you. So what are the games that you like to play? Oh, well, obviously role-playing games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super into RPGs, like especially when I didn't have a lifetime of comics to draw. <laughs> I was always playing like I grew up with Morrowind was my first RPG and I just fell in love with it. I, the, the the sounds, the people, like the world was moving around you and I was like, "Oh, it's amazing." And then we got Oblivion when it came out a few years later and it was just like a whole nother thing. Like the step up from Morrowind to Oblivion is just there is no there's no comparison like art wise. So it was just like, just blown away. And I would spend hours and hours and hours in there just wandering around. And it's just, I love that. It's just makes me so happy. <laughs> I've also done some, some MMORPGs I'll dabble in. So I did world of Warcraft really hard through high school <laughs> really hard like my high school routine was come home eat two hot pockets and play wow until i get yelled at (laughs) was life it sounds like a good afternoon (laughs) yeah that was that was the that was the best life i don't know if it'll ever get to that high again (laughs) world of warcraft (laughs) it's definitely it's definitely a thing to chase um Are 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 you finding time now to play newer games? Eh, 
Not so no, much. not really. I've been playing Genshin Impact on my phone because it's convenient, and I do love an open world, so it's been fun. But it's a bit casual, you know, and that's all I can really handle right now is something a bit casual. Because when I play a game, I kind of do what my character does, and I go kind of really hard into the... um roleplay aspect so i i'm really silly about it i'll spend hours building a character and i'm like who are they and what is their backstory and then i'll play them as who they are not like so i'll be like they would do this and they would do that and they would interact with this world in this way and then i'll make like a hero character and a villain character and a bunch of different characters but for specific things instead of just one person to go and do every single thing I spend a lot of time on it and I just don't have that time. Yeah, that's fair. It's understandable. So when you need to step away from, uh, you know, creating and, and working on your project, what is it that you you do to, to turn off the brain, to, to veg out? So that is definitely uh, going outside and riding the tandem bike. So, yeah, my last name is Tandem. My husband and I have a tandem bike because you just can't not. And it's really fun. I mean, I get to sit on the back and do nothing. So I get to look around and be like, oh, things are pretty. Pedal, pedal, pedal. (laughs) (laughs) So we we like to go on some longer bike rides. We've done one of them was like almost 100 miles. And there's no better way to get yourself out of your crazy brain than like physical activity which sucks but it's so true it's like you're out there and you're like dying going up this hill and you're not worried about crap you're just like my body (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's a great way to just reset it's like have some fun get some fresh air see some new places it's great in japan there's lots of cool places it's very bikeable here too Less that they made it specifically for biking and more just a lot of people ride their bikes. So people are kind of used to it. So it's pretty, pretty nice to just go out and about and not worry too much. You know, people are used to it. They're looking for bikers. It's, they're not going as fast as they do in America. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. where were you from in the States? Uh, who knows? Uh, I've moved around my whole life. Okay. My mom is what you would call a vagabond. Okay. <laughs> or a gypsy. Probably a vagabond, though. I don't know. She wouldn't mind either. But Just so very I've spent, nomadic. So, spent a lot of time in Washington State, some time in Idaho, Montana, Oregon. Um, and then I spent my high school years in Arizona, which is where I met my husband in Arizona. And we moved to Michigan for our first adult life. That was cold. (laughs) (laughs) Then we moved to Oregon and then to here. Just kind of all over more on that, like California side. Like I've got like the California accent, I guess. But that's how I met our friend is like, I used to live in Yuma. (laughs) Oh, okay. So that that (laughs) makes sense that we (laughs) were able to connect through that. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so then when you moved to Japan, it was, was it an easy transition since you'd always been moving around or was it uh, completely uh, different, like, shock to you? It was, so 
as I've gotten older, my anxiety has gotten worse. Uh-huh. So I went into full panic attack mode for like two full months. It was awful. I gave myself like weird, like digestive issues and stuff. And I get to Japan and I'm like half dead. It was not okay. <laughs> so, but it's like, it's not that scary here. It's like, yeah, there are some weird foods, but there are some regular foods. It's I'm like, why was I so scared? If you're going to move to a foreign country, like just know that it's still life and life people are people and everybody's living and it's the same. It's like yeah, there's differences. Yeah, I get homesick, but it's not that bad. <laughs> and um I made a big deal out of it. I was freaking out. So I was not okay. <laughs> So that was one of the harder moves of our our life. I thought it would be easy. I was like, it's it's just Japan. I've been there once. It's great, right? And like, as it gets closer, it's like, (laughs) biting my nails and freaking out. Why did I do that to myself? (sighs) Well, you know, new experiences, it will help to make you a better writer. So Uh, when is, when you're, you know, what is it that you, you love to geek out about that's not part of your uh, creation, your your normal gaming or comics or manga? Oh, that's hard. What do I geek out about that isn't in my genre? Well, I love Steam Powered Giraffe. Have you heard of them? They're I'm, a musical group. I do not know them. You're fantastic. I I don't have a lot of time or energy as an adult to really become like a mega fan like I used to. Like I used to fangirl about everything. But now one of the few things that have held is like steam-powered giraffe. They dress up as robots and they put on this whole skit about like they have like a whole backstory and world building and they do music. So they're just like in their songs, you can pick up things about like the backstory and the history of these robots who are playing the music. And it's just (laughs) fantastic. They're amazing. (laughs) I love them so much. (laughs) That's awesome. I, I love that. That's, that's great. Which brings me to when you are creating, like, what do you what's your environment like do you do you have music on do you have a tv on for white noise like or do you need it completely silent i have to have something playing my brain is loud and obnoxious so there's got to be something to like distract me so that i can focus if that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> i'm i when i'm writing i'll either do silent or like light jazz because i need that insanity but when I'm drawing, it's like, I need this to shush. <laughs> so I'll put on like, uh, like I went through the entire Dragon Ball series last year just because I needed something. And I'm like, Dragon Ball's long. So I did all of Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and then I started getting tired of the yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I'll switch between audiobooks and uh, music and stuff. I used to do Spotify a lot, but the ads have gotten insane. And ain't no girl can afford premium yet. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day. I'll I'll like pick up an audio book here or there. I love Brandon Sanderson's Skyward series. The main character is like me when I was 10. She's so angry. I love her. (laughs) 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 It's great. So if you had one piece of advice for 
anybody that's listening uh, that would want to venture into something like this, uh, what would what would that piece be? Hmm. Well, it really depends on what you want. So if you want to build something larger than life and bigger than yourself, you need to realize that it's going to take all of yourself to do that. And if you're willing to not have a social life or, you know, and put in so much effort into something, then great. But if you're not willing to put your all into it, I definitely think you should be small and start small. And even if you want to conquer the world, you definitely need to start small as well. So the thing that helped me the most was Maiden in Disguise version one. I had all these stories. I wanted to do something. And I was just like, okay, we're going to do something. I have to make something or I'll never learn. So pick something small and do that. Make it, show it to people, preferably post it online because that will build your skin and help you get thicker skin and learn about, you know, all that aspect. I mean, everything's online now. Digital is like the future. We we can see it. We can't stop it. It's coming. <laughs> so, yeah, it's something. And like it's made in disguise. It's not my baby. It isn't my original story. It's not the reason I started this. It is something that has become its own thing and beautiful as it has grown and developed. So it's okay to do something happy. Just do it. Make something sucky. Make something ugly. Make something stupid. Just make something, please. And one day you'll be like, I'm going to redo this ten times better. And you'll feel great about it. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, like, just start something. And I don't know where to start. Start with something you don't care about and make it bad and make it and make it consistently. Figure it out and you'll get there. It'll take longer than you think. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great advice right there. Is it, it, it speaking of the world, like you, you said it, how, you know, this has a huge world to it. Um, do you have certain pieces in that world that no one else is ever going to see that's just for you? Probably because I'm doing it a little different. So we've built this planet and I have a bunch of stories taking place on it. So you will get to see a lot of it. A lot of people world build like a hollow iceberg, which is great for novels. And especially if you're only doing one world, make a hollow iceberg. Get enough that you can seem like a full, beautiful planet. Don't spend your whole life nitpicking, you know. Just make your book. But if you're doing something like we're doing with the Otero, which is building an entire community around the world, an entire entertainment Empire, I guess, because it's not just made in disguise. We've got dirigible flight of the deck are not coming up soon. We've got samurai, not samurai. I keep saying samurai because I like samurais, but she's a warrior girl. Has a different name. Uh, so there's a samurai-esque comic coming up later, and there's like a whole bunch. It's like a whole bunch. And then, um, yeah. So we make sure we, we stay on, you know, continuity level made this sucker this was our first kickstarter nice yeah it's like a magazine but 
Like, if you go to, like, Tokyo and you're like, man, I would love to know about Japan. Oh, look at that magazine that's got, you know, a visitor guide. Let me pick <laughs> it up. So we did that for the planet. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And there's, like, the art is so... This map is just, I've, I will never get tired of looking at this map. It is beautiful. It is so colorful. Like uh, Damien Mamoletti. I can't say his last name. Uh, <laughs> he, he did the map. And he did the maps for StarCraft as well. I love his work. And so we did a Kickstarter to afford to pay him to do the map. And it went great we we went like over 200 percent, and we were able to print the physical books and now it's like anytime we're like wait wait a second what's going on here we need to make sure that this is right we'll double check the guide and so it's like <laughs> oh, yes. like i can't remember did this hot springs smell like melons or lemons let me check <laughs> it's lemons hot springs smell like lemons <laughs> I love it. It's good. You, you, that reference guide is is a great thing to check back on. So, yeah, yeah. Last question. It is free. If oh. anybody wants it. Good. Where can they find that at? So, any of my links, I've got like my link tree. It's the top link in the link tree. It'll be like join our email list and get a free ebook. You get the the free ebook, and I send out an email about once a month, unless there's a Kickstarter, then like twice. So this is I don't. I, I don't have time to sit around and write as the person who sits around and writes all day. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's really great. It's a fun little read. And uh, you can see like the seal deers from South or North Uldranya. And like, the, it's just, there's so much, there's oh. so much. And it's beautiful. It's difficult though. We've been having trouble with like economy, religion. It's like, I don't know how, to, I don't even want, I just, I just don't even want to add religion in because it's such a touchy topic. Right. And it's like Maiden in Disguise and all of my stuff is already controversial. I don't need more controversy. <laughs> so right now, there has not been established a religion system on Eoterra. Trying to establish like how much is an Eoterran credit worth? How much money is like, how do the biologies of these people who are technically aliens work? Because they're not humans. They don't have the same stuff. Like it's different, not not too different, but different enough that it's important to know. And it's just like, man, I need a, I need an expert. I need to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> it's like, how much should an Eoterran credit be worth? I don't know. Would a half credit get you a stick of gum or would a whole credit get you a stick of gum? Just <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, yes, last question. It was, it, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird question. I ask it on a lot of my interviews, but if you could have one completely useless superpower, what would it be? And it has to be useless. Useless? Yep. No. <laughs> uh, what I would give for telepathy. <laughs> useless. What is a useless superpower? Well, I <laughs> suppose my husband would say something like running the speed of light because you can't actually do that. You just die. So it would be useless because you couldn't use it. I don't know. I, I mean, you could, if you wanted to have telepathy, you could have telepathy, but it's like, it's translated in a language that you just don't understand. So now it's completely useless. Right. Or like telekinesis, but you can, it's like oblivion style where you have to pick something up and it's like, 
you like barely touch it and it's like wobbling around, you know, you pick, pick up the sword in oblivion and it's like, it's like you're picking up with two fingers and it's just like wobbling around and you're like, oh shoot, oh shoot. And it falls. Dang it. Every time. It never gets over to me. Never. <laughs> Probably something like that or turning into a cat because you can't do a lot as a cat, but it'd be nice. There you go. That, 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 I, I love it. That, that all, any one of the three would work. So, uh, Okay, Where is, what's the best way that people can, one, find you, two, find the Kickstarter, and three, find out more about Eotera? So I would say finding me on Instagram is probably the best place because it's like, I don't know, I like it the most. I like pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, my Instagram is Bitsy Tandem. I'm the only Bitsy Tandem. And then it's also underscore the Bitzer, which is my gamer tag. If you want to find me on Steam, I don't play a lot anymore, but my gamer tag is the Bitzer. So it's Bitsy Tandem, the Bitzer. If you type in Bitsy Tandem, I am the only thing that comes up. <laughs> so super easy to Google. <laughs> Small and then tandem like the bike. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And then um, yeah. Kickstarter is under Maiden in Disguise. And uh should only like it should come right up in the Kickstarter, you know, launch thing. But if you find me anywhere, I have links. I've got my link tree. It's like the second one, third one on there. I don't know. But it's on there. It's big and bold. Kickstarter. So nice and simple. Maiden in disguise. Bitsy tandem. Very searchable. <laughs> And all those will also be in the show notes of the podcast in case you need to uh, just click on the links there. So, fantastic! Thank you again for coming on the show. This was a this was a great. I hope it wasn't too painful for you, and uh, you had a good time. Thanks. I definitely think I'll be trying for eight next time. Seven's like I got to get up at six. <laughs> it's just a little early but, for you. It's understandable. It's a little early. It's a little early. I'm not an early kind of cur- I'm not an early person. <laughs> I'll work all night, but don't give me up at six. I'll scream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm at Mitchipedia GEM on Twitter. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts. On our, of from our network on our website geeklymedia.com. But until next right. time, oh sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.